Hey, baddies. So I have never been so congested in my life. Um, that's not true. I've been more congested in many episodes of this. But I figured since I sound as nasal as possible, we should do an episode to keep with the tradition of this podcast. Um, I know I'm supposed to be taking September off, but there's a lot of stuff happening. And I wanted to just kind of do pretty much a minute. Hold on, I have to sneeze. Whoever invented allergies, like, I very much need to have a stern word with. The vibration of me talking is making my nose itch and it's making me have to sneeze. How am I going to get through this? Just rage. Just willpower and rage how I get through all the other episodes. (laughs) So yeah, we're just going to do a mini episode um, where we're going to talk about the full moon in Pisces. That is on Monday, September 20th. And we're going to talk about the autumn equinox. I'm going to say the name of the festival one time. So we all know what we're talking about, which is Mabon, M-A-B-O-N. And I'm probably going to refer to it as the autumn equinox for the rest of this <laughs> mini episode, because I feel like it sounds weird the way I say it. And it probably doesn't, doesn't, I don't know. It probably doesn't sound that weird, but it's hitting my ear weirdly. And you all know how I am with sounds and words and <laughs> just too much. So I'll probably be saying autumn equinox, even though that is a lot mouthier, a lot more to chew on, because also I feel like the way I say autumnal, (laughs) it's already going great. The way that I say autumnal, autumnal equinox, that word also throws me off a little bit. So one more time, we were talking about Mabon, M-A-B-O-N, which is the festival name for, if you go back to like my year, uh, Wheel of the Year episodes, I think I called it Big Wheel Keeps on Turning, maybe? I can't remember what I called it. I'll find it though, and I'll link it in the group if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, yeah, so we know that's one of our festivals of the year, one of our eight festivals, and is one of the like lesser solar festivals. So we're going to talk about that with the full moon, and then I'll kind of be back on a break for the rest of September, and then October we'll figure out what we want to do. I mean, we can't let the most blessed and beautiful and sacred and <laughs> holiest month of our year go by without episodes. Actually, send me some episode requests if you have anything in particular you'd like to cover in October. And, you know, I'm because I'm not really on a schedule anymore where it's like every Wednesday we're putting on an episode. We're just really flying by the seat of our broom at this point. Uh, I can kind of just put things out as it strikes me, as, as my fancy is stricken, <laughs> I guess was a phrase I could use. So, yeah, if you have any episode requests, this would be a good time to submit that. And maybe we can just do like an open forum kind of October where we talk about whatever we want and we, you know, have discussions from there. So obviously we'll have like a Salwan episode. Should we do a challenge again? Maybe. I think we should do our manifestation box challenge every October. It'll be like our little, uh, our way of celebrating each month, our tradition, our ritual. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. But yeah, uh, send me some requests or some ideas of what you would like to ask. We could also do like AMA format where I can answer a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll put up an AMA thread and we'll just kind of work off of that. But we need some October content. And I don't want to only put out one thing just for Samhain because like I said, it's obviously... It's everyone's favorite month. Like, let's just say it. <laughs> and I would say, like, the inverse of that is everyone else's favorite month is March. Although I'm being biased because I'm a Pisces. And also, March is forever ruined now because March 2020 is when all of our lives stopped. So <laughs> I don't think anyone likes March anymore. But I do feel like October and March carry very similar energies. And, you know, maybe I can be a part of the PR team to get March back on track. 
Anyway, so yeah, send me your episode suggestions or ideas or requests and we'll work through them. And we'll just kind of do October episodes as a community. Okay, so let's talk about the full... Did I say this is going to be a mini episode? Four minutes in, this is going to be a mini episode. Yeah, we're just going to talk about the full moon in Pisces on Monday. And then we'll talk about autumn equinox, which is on September 22nd. If you are in the western... Nope. Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> okay, I actually really did just stop and look this up. And I know we have listeners in Australia, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But the first day of spring in the Southern Hemisphere is September 22nd, right? So that's your spring equinox. And our fall equinox is September 22nd. So we're like inverse of each other. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I remember when I was in Australia, I was there. I'm about to mess this up so bad. When I was in Australia, I was there in October and... They were getting ready for nope. Mm-mm. When I okay, when I was in Australia in October, I was there in spring, and they were getting ready for summer. That's right. So into December, January, February, I think those are the hottest months here. I could totally be wrong. Again, Australia listeners be like, Mickey, what? <laughs> if you would have just paid attention for one second, you'd know what you're talking about. But yeah, I remember it was it was springtime late October because I was it was almost November when I was there and then they were going into summer and so we in the inverse are fall right now going into winter so that is your geography lesson for this episode anyway yeah let's talk about the full moon in Pisces first um for this little chat about the moon I really just want to talk about the vibes. I think we all at this point know how to celebrate a full moon. Uh, You can make moon water. You can make a moon altar. You can do a goddess circle. You can dance naked in the moonlight. You can do a ritual bath. You can make a sleep sachet. Uh, You can have a meeting with your coven. You can do divination with tarot cards or oracle cards or scrying or a crystal ball or with mirror work. You can summon Candyman. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't do that. I only said that because it's currently in like the the zeitgeist, but don't ever even. I know that we're all adults, right? I'm I'm assuming everyone that listens to this is over the age of eighteen. Uh, I don't know. Also, if people still do Bloody Mary in the mirror, that was very like a relic of the 1990s in particular. And there's new urban legends that kids grow up with now. But to this day, I won't do Bloody M or. Uh, C-man, because <laughs> I already said both once, I won't play with it. Like, I don't know. We should, did I ever do an episode on urban legends? I know I did fairy tales. I kind of wanted to, like, when we were doing just regular episodes of this for an October thing, that might be something we can do too if you're interested in that. But I always did want to look into urban legends because I do think there's some fact there, or at least, like, when we're looking at fairy tales... If you went back, you should all go back and listen to that episode or if you like haven't checked it out yet because oh, it was fun. <laughs> just I was just on one about feminism. What else is new? But, you know, we talk about these fairy tales that are very much a reflection of their time. And which ones did I do? Oh, like Hansel and Gretel and how in the time period that the like the oral tradition, the folklore of it came from was when there was a big issue with famine and starvation and there was a big famine that had come through and, you know, wiped out 
a lot of the children in particular, like there were parents that could not feed their kids. And so you have this family in Hansel and Gretel that there's this desperation because like we can't feed these kids. What are we going to do? They end up at this house of sweets and cakes and goodies. So it does come from like a tangible reality of what people are living and urban legends are the same. You know, mythology is the same, even though it sounds very fantastical and improbable to us. It's... <laughs> This is the most I've ever, I just zoned into what I was saying. This is the most I have literally ever used my English degree. Ever. <laughs> ever. And I'm writing a book, right? This is the most ever. But yeah, it, it sounds so fantastical and supernatural and inordinate to us. But it does stem from somewhere. And there is a bit of reality to it. And especially for people like us who very much dwell in the realm of supernatural. And it's something that's like in our DNA, practically. I I just don't tamper with that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I've gone to this big tangent of <laughs> how to celebrate the full moon. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't go around saying any names in the mirrors if I were you. If you want to do other kind of like scrying mirror magic, I say go for it. If you want to do um, even uh, like full moon mantras and meditations and affirmations where you write them out on a mirror and have them reflected, I would say go for it. <laughs> any spell work with a mirror uh I would reflection spell I would say okay cool you know I always am a bit careful about mirrors I've talked about that in a lot of episodes but I wouldn't push it so far as to any mirror invokings evokings conjurings you know what I mean like let's keep it cool <laughs> I give you like 10 other ideas for the full moon let's let's keep the drawing of you know summoning spirits for another time that is never don't ever do that if you ask me, even crystal balls, I'm totally on a tangent. Even crystal balls, I am a bit hesitant with, and this is like a personal practice thing. If you have good experiences with using crystal balls, I would love to hear about them if you want to put them in the group. But when I bought my first one, I ended up returning it because I was seeing too much. Like I could see this particular future and certain visions I was looking to connect with but then I would see glimmers of other things that I I wasn't so chill with I don't know I have a whole thing about mirrors and reflection and kind of divination that involves kind of the looking glass you know what I mean I don't know and again Everyone has different experiences. Everyone taps into their practice and magic differently. So if you do have positive experiences with mirror work or with um, crystal ball work, I would love to hear about it. But for me, it was just a little dark-sided. I don't know. And I always think of crystal balls. Kind of, and this could be from going, growing up with Miss Cleo commercials on TV. I always think of them as like a hotline. Like any spirit can call through and you answer and you don't know what exactly what you're going to get. I think that really could be with growing up with like the psychic hotlines with Dionne Warwick and Latoya Jackson. Is that the people that did them? Anyway, I'm a hundred by the way. So yeah, for your full moon, we kind of know all the stuff we could do and some of the stuff we maybe want to stay away from. And I say all that because especially this moon, the vibes, if we want to get back to that is high octane spirituality, spiritual awakening, supernatural, psychic activity, again, divination, Pisces, I don't want to say Pisces is the most magical sign. I will say Pisces has a very close association 
with all things spiritual and mysticism, especially with Neptune being like our modern ruler. Japan, Japan, what? <laughs> what Japan? What am I thinking about? I'm so desperate to travel. I just like throw out countries in the middle of my speech, obviously. No, Jupiter is our ruler traditionally in antiquity. And then uh, Neptune is in, in modern times. And so we know that Neptune is all about magic, obviously, but also like haziness and also illusion and illusion as a form of magic and spiritualism, but also illusion and, and deception in certain ways. Also, I think Neptune may still be retrograde. So that might be a little topsy-turvy as well. But yeah, Pisces is a very mystical, magical sign. I won't say it's the most because someone's going to argue with me about it, but it's up there. And so having already this very potent body of a full moon, right? And combining that with the sign of Pisces, which is just like dripping and soaking with, wow, that was some imagery, wasn't it? <laughs> I think because it's a water sign, that's where my brain is going with what it's showing me right now. But because it is like almost a sponge that soaks up all of this magic and all of the spirituality and all of this supernatural energy, good and bad, that it's just going to be this powerhouse magical event that's going to happen on Monday. And so I'm saying that as like, this is such a good time to do all the like rituals and work that I just mentioned, but also it's a time I would be a little bit more careful because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know. <laughs> what might be trying to call through on the crystal ball hotline and, you know, get in there. I'm almost like getting a bit of a warning right now. I don't know if it's Gabriel popping in to be like, Hey, you need to say this, but make sure again to align with like the full moon's energy. And before you perform any kind of ritual with this full moon or under this full moon, even like in this little period leading up to it, that you have selenite on hand. He is showing me like a chunk of selenite or a selenite wand and almost that it's moving in circles. You know when someone has, um, what are those bowls, the sound bowls? That's, that can't possibly be the name of them. But you know when you go to a sound bath or like a, a sound-based uh, ritual and they have those, oh my gosh, what are they called? I'm so sorry because I know everyone's screaming it. But you have those bowls and like a wooden dowel kind of and it runs around and it goes like, it's <laughs> not like a mosquito that's what he's showing me like that kind of that circular motion where you're covering all of your energy you're co covering all of your space you're making it a complete circle that connects so there's no breakthroughs anywhere like no crevices where anything can come in he's showing me that with a selenite chunk or a selenite wand or a selenite pyramid just to make sure that you're really I would almost do it a every day until Monday and through Monday where you're like preparing this field of protective energy around you for what is to come on Monday. I just, I feel like it's going to be a super magical event. I think it is very interesting that we have this full moon that is just like supercharged with, with spiritual energy. And then we have, you know, this, this very special day of like equal, day and night and then we go into fall and like all the things that fall brings with it for us you know so yeah I would do a little bit of that selenite uh ritual just to protect yourself I don't think anything bad is going to happen obviously I don't think it's bad supernatural energy I don't think it's bad mystical energy I don't think it's bad magical energy at all I, it actually feels very light and creative and open and beautiful 
but it's just like the veil is starting to thin out almost, even though obviously sound is the day where the veil's like, bye, see you guys later, whatever, come and go to and fro, let's do it. But yeah, I almost am seeing this feeling of like someone with two hands on a curtain or a drape and they're rubbing away at it. Kind of, I don't know if you can hear that, but they're making it threadbare so that we can kind of, you know, meld between worlds. I don't know. That's just what I'm being shown. So I wanted to put that out there. But <laughs> I would definitely get into all of your rituals because there is so much good magic. This is a good time for manifestation. This is a good time for meditation. I have a meditation that I found on uh, Insight Timer that I really, really like. And I think it's 10 minutes. And it's not even, well... <laughs> I'm not saying what it is because I have a bad memory and I'm going to be like, oh, it's not even this, but it turns out it is. But it's not one that's like heavy, heavy, heavy visualization where you have to like, okay, envision your root chakra, envision your solar plexus and your sacral and your heart. Like you don't have to do all this. Envision the person you want to be with and then envision the car you're going to drive and then visualize the house you're going to live in where it's like a lot of heavy mental work, especially if you're just getting into meditating or if you are rusty because you haven't been doing it, like some of us probably haven't. <laughs> it's really good because it just is about setting a high vibration. And you dwell in that high vibration and you feel happiness and you feel joy. And that's what you draw to you. So I really like it because it's a short one. So it's easy to do every day if you can, you know, just find 10 minutes. And also because it's not as intense isn't the right word. It's just not as difficult, I feel like would be good. Because I find when I'm doing a meditation, especially one where you have to like drop into what you're visualizing and work with your chakras and all of that, I will start to have, you know, like intrusive thoughts in, oh, did I turn the oven off? Or like, oh, did I remember to lock the doors? Or, oh, uh, I really need to like do this thing tomorrow. It's hard for me to keep concentrating when I have to use my brain so much. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's, this one is very much like a feelings base, which is easier for me to kind of tap into how I'm emotionally doing right then, as opposed to actively having to visualize because I'll my brain will just wander if I'm doing that. Because if I start to think about like, oh, I want to visualize my life in New York, then I'll end up being like, oh, and I really want to go to the ballet all the time. Oh, I should start taking ballet classes again. Oh, I wonder if that Joffrey Ballet School location is still open. Oh, I really need to get new ballet shoes. You know what I mean? Like, it just goes off. So I will put this meditation in uh, the Facebook group. Please remind me if I forgot forget to drop it, but I will put it in there. And you can listen to it. It might be a really good one for the new, for the new moon, for the full moon, because it is focused on kind of laws of attraction and manifestation in particular. Okay, do we need to talk about anything else with the full moon for this mini episode that's already 20 minutes long? Which is my fault because I went on a tangent about crystal balls and mirrors. <laughs> anything else? Oh, I did want to talk about uh, Pisces position in the zodiac and how it is our last sign. You know, we start with Aries. That is our first sign, which follows Pisces. Well, I guess technically it starts all over again. It doesn't really follow. But if we're going through the Western calendar, then it follows. And can I tell you, this is one of those things where as I was learning about, I have been learning about astrology since the pandemic started, which I was so scared to touch for such a long time, like tarot, because I just, I felt so overwhelmed and like I was too stupid. <laughs> Honestly, like I can't even get through a meditation without my mind wandering. I was like, how am I ever going to learn and retain all of this stuff? But I always thought Pisces was just last because like 
no one liked it. Like, I just always listed Pisces last on lists and in horoscopes and in learning about astrology because it was like everyone's least favorite sign. And I was always so offended by that. And then I finally realized, no, there's orders and placements for all of these things, you dummy. Like, that's why it's the way it is. It was the same thing when I was learning, again, astrology, or not that I've learned all of astrology, but when I was, you know, getting into it where I was like, well, which house goes with which sign? Like, how am I ever supposed to know this? And then I realized it was just an order. So Aries is first, Taurus is second, Gemini third. Like, it it makes so much sense. It There's so much rhyme and reason to it. It is laid out almost mathematically. And forever, I was just like, well, I just have to memorize all this. And it's too hard. So I'm just not going to do it. So once again, this is your reminder to never be like me. Don't do as I do, do as I say, because as I do is a nightmare. And if you are reticent about getting into astrology or tarot, like I have been for so long, which have both like changed my life and made me a much better witch as a result, um, everything makes sense. It Everything makes sense. It seems random because you just don't know. <laughs> but then you get into it and you're like, oh, right. Right, 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 right. These are ancient systems of study. And so it's not like someone just threw spaghetti at the wall to see what was going to stick. But yeah, all that to say, Pisces is the last sign. And so another thing we should look at with this full moon is not just the inherent magic and magic. That sounded weird. The inherent magic and mysticism of it, but also that this is a full moon that is about culmination, is about completion. It is about a cycle coming to an end. And that could be in a massive way especially because we are transitioning totally out of like the summer season now, or it could be, you know, in a way that's so imperceptible, you don't even notice that it's made some kind of impact or change into your life for a couple of months or for a couple of years, you know? And I think, so Pisces in itself is a culmination of like all of the Zodiac in certain ways, all of the signs, but also it represents culmination as in like end of story, complete fin. We've done it. And so I think that's interesting too, where this is a full moon where you can definitely tap into all aspects of astrology in certain ways. And so, you know, like when we talk about the full moon or the new moon in particular, or Mercury, you know, retrograde under a certain sign or, you know, Virgo season, Libra season, whatever it is, we talk about how people with certain placements will feel things in certain ways. But I think that a full moon under Pisces, because it is like a little, little snippets of all the signs in certain ways that it will be really tangible for all of us, no matter what your sun sign is, no matter what your moon sign is, no matter what your ascendant is, your Venus, your Taurus, all of those things. So yeah, I, I just, again, to say, I think the vibe is just going to be incredibly powerful, but also do look for things to come to an end. And you may find that it's things you are going to have to do that last step to end yourself, or you may find that it's things that are ending naturally. Um, not to go into my dreaded love life, but... <laughs> Over the course of this podcast, I I don't know, well, yeah, I don't know if I was mentioning it that much, but like everyone I met over the course of the pandemic has been cuckoo bananas. And I was ghosted by pretty much everyone because no one on dating apps is well. We are not well. It, we're not doing well as a society on dating apps. Being single is the last frontier. Uh, but, you know, I do love it because it is so entertaining. <laughs> but I had like the four guys of everyone I talked to that I really liked have all come back around within the last eight weeks, I would say. And this really, I was talking to my good friend about this last night. 
about how I'm, I feel like I'm really learning lessons right now that I've been trying to learn about love and men and relationships for the past 30 years is that all four of them rejected me by ghosting me pretty much. Like it wasn't anything like, no, I don't want to be with you. No, I don't like you. Da, da, da. It was just like, I wasn't doing what they wanted fast enough, I guess. So they all ghosted me, which is to me rejection. Right. And then these four guys came back who were the guys I liked the most, the guys I was considering starting something with. And I have got it. I have gotten, I've gotten to reject all of them based on like my own boundaries and principles. So one guy that he came back around three times, bless his heart. I hope he doesn't try to text me again. Um, you know, we were vibing, we were doing great. And then I asked him if he was vaccinated and he said no. And I said, well, do you think you will get vaccinated? And he said, well, I just trust my antibodies. And I said, okay, well, no. So that was one person. I don't, y'all, I don't play that game. I, even if you trust your own antibodies, I feel that it's very important to get vaccinated for the greater good of all of us. So we know we don't have to go into a whole thing. I know y'all know where I stand on the pandemic and this virus and all of that. But even though I really liked him, even though we were, we always had a good vibe, even though he had messed up a few times, um, I got to exercise that boundary, which was great. The other guy, oh, he wanted me to send him nudes and I was like, I'm not doing that. If we start dating, I'll be happy to like engage in this kind of stuff with you, but I'm not just going to send it off that, especially when you've already ghosted me, dude. Like I have no proof that you're going to do it again. Uh, so that was two. And then the last one was the guy that the first person I talked to over the course of the pandemic, we talked for like months. So into him, uh, we got into a, like a little tiff. We stopped talking. He goes to me, didn't talk for a year. He reached out again as they all do. <laughs> Uh, you know, we were talking, talking about getting serious with each other. We had this whole beautiful cathartic resolution, uh, conversation about the thing that had happened, the miscommunication that like got us off track in the first place. And then I asked him when the last time he had slept with someone and he told me it was while we've been having these like active conversations about, you know, being together and, having feelings for each other and having kind of like this intimate energy between us that was starting to form. And I was like, no, no, I'm not sorry. You're, we're not doing this then. And I know for some people they're like, well, and I think this is, and this is fine. There's a lot of people that are like, well, if we're not exclusively dating, I can do whatever I want. Or if, you know, whatever, if we're not exclusive, then I can do what I want. And we don't really have to like have those conversations yet. But to me, as a Pisces sun, Cancer moon, Scorpio ascendant, Venus in Aquarius, Mars in Taurus. Um, <laughs> or did I say that right? Venus Aquarius. Yeah, Mars in Taurus. Um, that doesn't fly with me. If you are interested in me, then you need to only be giving that like attention and energy to me. I don't split it with other people. That's not my vibe. Again, other people are cool with it. Cool. That's That's cool. That has nothing to do with me. But I told him that was my boundary and it was over and we can still be friends. And so all that to say, it's been really interesting that I got a chance to do the same thing to these guys that they did to me. And I got to practice my boundaries at the same time. And I don't know, I just I feel like I brought these situations to there is one other guy, but it's like not that serious. Um, <laughs> we're more friends, we just kind of flirt with each other, but like, it's whatever. But uh, it's been really interesting that I've gotten to this point where I... I did get to end all of these things on my own terms. And so there's no, 
like lack of closure or conclusion to them. And I feel so empowered by that. And I feel like this started happening about eight weeks ago because we were like coasting into this new period that's going to culminate with this full moon. And so, yeah, I don't know. Have you like noticed stuff like that in your own life where you've been revisiting other situations, whether they be romantic or having to do with your family or your career or your friends, or even just establishing boundaries with yourself that it's like you got a chance for a do-over almost. And the universe was kind of testing you if you're doing, if you're going to do the right thing again. And I feel like those tests are maybe happening right now for a lot of us because we're meant to go into the next phase and the next step. And I will say, I do feel like I cheat a little bit because whenever I kind of fall out with one of these guys and I like, you know, put my foot down, I would go ask my cards like, oh, wait, is he the one? Should I like be cool? And they're like, no, 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 something better is coming. I'm like, all right, cool. I got this. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a really interesting exercise. And so I feel like that stuff we should, all that just, all that relationship talk to say, my whole love life to say, besides to update you, that is still a train wreck. Don't worry. Uh, is that I do feel like the culmination is a big key, a big trend, a big phase of this full moon. And we should be looking for it to either be something we're going to have to handle ourselves or something that's going to come to a natural conclusion. Oh, that's what I was going to say about the fourth guy. He lives far from me and I really like him. Like, I guess romantically, but I really just like him. You know when you just like someone? Like, I like talking to him. He's cool. He's funny. Um, we get along really well and he's just interesting. So he's a good person to pass the time chatting with, but we'll get into these patterns where like we talk a lot and then he's just is gone. Like we just don't talk at all. And so that's one that I didn't have to put my foot down and like establish a boundary with, but it's one that just like naturally kind of peters off. And so it could be both that we're experiencing now as we're going into this full moon of like us really needing to prove to the universe and prove to ourselves and love ourselves enough to establish our boundaries and put them down and stick to them and not put them aside because we may really like someone or we may want this specific thing because I just don't think that person or that opportunity or that chance will come with you having to sacrifice your boundaries, you know? So yeah, it may be something we actively have to do, or maybe something that just walks itself out of our life, which is always kind of the more easy and preferred way, I think. <laughs> Even if it is ghosting and you're like mad or hurt for a couple of days, and you're like, well, you ghost me, you're a jerk, so like, who cares? But culmination, culmination, completion, ends of cycles, I think are going to be a huge part of this full moon. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. And if you want to do a good old cord cutting for the full moon, that's a good time to do it. Uh, where you can literally cut it with a, um, with a scissor, with a scissor, <laughs> with scissors or with a knife, or you can burn a cord with a candle. I think I do have an episode on cord cutting. I'll try to look all of these up. Please help me if you know which ones they are and drop them, uh, when I post about this episode. But yeah, I think that's good for the full moon. There was one more thing. What was it? I think I lost it. I was going to say when I was doing these card pulls to see if I was like making the right decisions, establishing these boundaries with these people, one of the cards I got from my deck was boundaries and I was like, got it. <laughs> so I think that's a good card. It's Ishtar from my deck and it is boundaries. And the big message of that card is not like established boundaries, put your foot down. It's like not this harsh idea that we have of like boundaries being so rigid and like keeping people away from us, but it's like the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate act of self-love towards ourselves. I establish boundaries with these people because I love myself and I want to preserve myself, especially the guy that uh, slept with someone. I mean, we were like really headed somewhere. And when I told him that wasn't going to fly for me, 
it showed me the side of him that I had only seen one time and I could kind of like brush it aside before where instead of being like, oh, you know, I didn't realize, can we talk about it? You know, I, let's just discuss this and see if we can get through it. It was like, well, we are, I didn't know we were exclusive. Okay. Well, it was a one-time thing. Okay. Well, I used the condom and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like, he, if he would have respected and embraced my boundary, then maybe it was a conversation we could have continued to have. But the fact that he immediately got defensive and immediately was like, well, you're not my girlfriend. Okay. And I never will be, babe. Like, it's just that simple kind of. And I found that with all three cases, when I presented my boundary, they didn't like it. And they all got mad. And they all were almost a little aggressive about it. And that's very telling to me. Like if you present your boundary to someone and they can't understand. The thing is with boundaries, you don't, no one else has to understand why my boundary is my boundary. All you have to do is respect it. And if they can't respect it, if they make it about them, if they are aggressive or nasty about it, then that really shows you that that boundary is put in place to protect you. And so again, this is a tangent about boundaries at this point, but I just really wanted to point out, I think boundaries and endings are going to be important with this moon. And I think a lot of us have been facing um, kind of a test in a way to, to see if we're in a point where we have learned what boundaries we want for ourselves. I hope not everyone has been taking a shot every time I say boundaries because <laughs> it'll be too far gone. But just to wrap up this segment, I do, you know, Ishtar is kind of showing herself to me and be like, just say the card, just mention the card. Is that boundaries are self-love. They are self-preservation. They are self-care and they are for you. And so if someone wants to question your boundaries, someone is just a habitual line stepper, <laughs> then I think that's from Dave Chappelle, uh, from Chappelle's show, like back in the day, or no, no, Charlie Murphy, maybe. But yeah, if someone is just trying it, trying, trying it, it is okay to say my boundaries are about me. They are not about you. I feel like I talked about this in an episode not that long ago, but it just, it bears repeating and Ishtar is like really poking me in the shoulder and being like, just say it, just say it. That my boundary is not a punishment to other people. It's just how I feel and what I want for myself. And it really has nothing to do with anyone else. Like I'm not setting down any boundary because I want to punish you. It's because it's about me. When are people going to figure out everything's about me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, just kidding. But yeah, respect your boundaries and base your boundaries. Your boundaries may be the thing that can bring you into this full moon and have you get to this point of culmination where things that are just toxic and not meant to serve you, and not necessarily toxic, but just not quite right for you, that are taking up space, you'll be able to release them through boundary work and let in the stuff that is really meant for you. Because we are going into this transitional season where everything is going to change. Okay, so 34 minutes later on what is a mini episode, <laughs> we are going to talk about the autumn equinox, autumnal equinox, Mabon. And then we'll wrap it up. This is actually probably going to be a little quicker. <laughs> see, because I wrote all of this out. Um, it, like, it's a part of my grimoire. So I can just kind of read it off to you. This is more about correspondences for Mabon. This is more about... Because I'm pretty sure when I did the festivals episodes, I kind of told you the whole story about the, the sun god and the goddess and, you know, the giving birth and the conditions and the harvest and the second harvest and Samhain and the witch's new year and Yule and the, the winter solstice and the summer solstice and the longest day and the longest night and, <laughs> you know, the equinox and the equinox and the, the different signs and symbols and bonfires and lambs and corn, all of that stuff. 
I know we've talked about it in those episodes. So this is kind of just giving you the correspondences, giving you the crystals, giving you the themes, so you can put together how you want to celebrate this holiday. Um, and, you know, if you want it between like setting your altar, if you want to make a feast, which is the way I'm going to celebrate it, because every day is a day for a feast, if you ask me. Uh, if you want to, you know, make your own wreaths, if you want to host a, what's that thing called? Uh, dinner party. It's been so long since I've socialized with other people. I cannot remember. If you want to host a dinner party with your coven, if you want to host like a certain meditation or, um, or goddess circle or anything like that, this will just give you ideas of colors you can embrace, foods you can have, crystals you can carry for any ways that you may want to celebrate the autumn equinox. I do want to say also with like my learning more and more about festivals journey over the past year and before it was like and I think a lot of witches are like this it was like you think about Samhain you think about Letha you think about summer solstice and then I don't know how much I was ever paying attention to the other ones so much um and I, I say that is the same for other witches, but there I know that so many that are like, I know my dates. I know my festivals. I know how I celebrate. I change my decor every time. <laughs> like, there's people that are so good about it. But I, I, I think it, it might be a distinction too between actively practicing all the time and, you know, being a witch and like doing your best with it. <laughs> you know? Like people that are witches and they're witches in their practice and it's such a part of like, your identity in your life and then being a bad witch where, yeah, you're a witch and like you do your best, but sometimes it's been a month and you haven't burned a candle. <laughs> it's been a month and you haven't smoke cleansed anything. It's been three months and you don't know where your crystals are. I, I lost my crystals for about a month this summer because they were in my purse and, but I had switched purses and I was just like, I guess I'll just never see them again. It's that kind of thing, you know? So when I say most witches, I mean most bad witches. I know there's a ton of you that are on top of it, but yeah, I was very, casual about everything but like Samhain and Letha for some reason and then I don't know the more I learned about them the more obviously I could put like a name and a theme and ideas to them and celebrations to them but I still didn't care as much except really about Samhain and something this year has me like team autumn equinox team of them like I am into it I don't know <laughs> if it's because it's this has been a never ending hellscape of a summer. It's been so hot. It's been so miserable. I've personally been dealing with so many like miserable things that I've kind of mentioned in passing on the podcast, but I'm so ready for this to come to the, come to an end. And yeah, I'm like a hot for the autumn equinox. Like I'm a little horny for it. Honestly, <laughs> like it's, I'm a little H word for it. I'm so excited for it to get here. And I feel like it does get overshadowed because Samhain, like, and the 1st of October even, we just all lose our minds. And I don't mean witches. I mean society. We're like, spooky season, spooky season, give it to me kind of thing. Like, we can't take it. Where's the, what's that place called? Halloween Express or whatever. Like, where's that warehouse, the empty warehouse that's going to move into for a month? This is going to be the best time of my life. Just give me these 30 days, please. But yeah, I've been so about my bone this year. I... I'm so excited about it and I'm really going to actively just relish in it and celebrate it. I stopped for a second because I was thinking that maybe the reason I'm getting so hyped for it is because it is such a tangible change. Like, I, hmm, hmm, 
I'm just thinking this out right now and tell me if you would agree or disagree, but I do think the transition into fall is the most that we actively see take place. Well, I guess winter into summer too. I mean, winter into, it's winter into summer, winter into spring too. But I was just thinking, you know, when you go into a grocery store now, all of a sudden you might see some like tiny white pumpkins or some tiny orange pumpkins and you might see uh, like a cinnamon uh, broom, you know, that's like bound together. Or you might see those really beautiful kind of harvested stalks of corn that are those really pretty autumn colors. You see the leaves start to change. I don't know. I, I feel like when we are going into autumn, it is the biggest shift maybe because yeah even winter to spring yeah you start to see different flowers at the store you start to obviously the weather starts to change you start to see things grow back and bloom again but I don't know there's something about the way even just commercially we present autumn that feels so magical (laughs) like it really is this transition we can literally see with our eyes and I think that's what's getting me so excited about it is going in the grocery store and seeing some like little pumpkins and being like it's time it's almost time. It's almost here. So I am. I'm very H word for Mabon this year. So let's talk about the correspondences for it. So Mabon is the second harvest that we celebrate. Uh, after this, it's really just like we're reaping the fruits of our labor. We are enjoying. We are relaxing. We are preparing to go inside and be around the fire and the hearth and be with our loved ones and look at all that we've produced for the year. And I don't mean literally corn and uh pumpkins and squash and gourds and things like that. But the accomplishments are setting our boundaries, ending things that weren't working for us, you know, working on our manifestations, all of those things. And so I think that's where I like it quite a lot as well, because it is just about sitting back and being proud of yourself and understanding that you've done so good. And now you get to enjoy it. You get to taste it. You get to eat it. You get to smell it. You get to revel in it. You get to be cloaked in the warmth of it kind of. And they're also, obviously, can't talk about, (laughs) I feel like you could hear me roll my eyes. We can't talk about going into that season without talking about Libra, which I am going to not start. And I'm going to be very kind to Libras this year because it's it's what the goddess would want, you know? But Libra does have a really wonderful attribute and its steadiness and its balance and I know that the issues I've had with Libras is the lack of equilibrium and the shifting and the going back and forth with male Libras, I'll say. But the actual equality achieving balance is so beautiful and it's so peaceful and it's what is able to let us kind of relax and breathe like we made it. And so I'm I'm kind of relishing that as well. And I really am excited about Libra season, even though all I ever do is talk trash about <laughs> male Libras. And let me say, if you are a male Libra, if you are married to dating, have birthed a male Libra, it's not that serious. I mean it mostly as a joke, but um, all the male Libras I have romantically been involved with, which is everyone, I attract them like they're so tomorrow. Um, The issues with the wishy-washiness, the not being able to make up your mind, the decisiveness, they they don't work with your girl. So (laughs) yeah, but no Libra slander. That's, I got it out of my system. We're not gonna do anymore. Because yeah, the idea of balance and, and getting those scales just right, that is a really beautiful thing. And it's something that makes us feel very comforted. So that's why my bone, 
April equinox. Autumn equinox is such a beautiful time because it is that time of like sitting back and just, I wanted to say the word relishing again. I don't know why it's coming out so much, but sitting back, relaxing and having this sense of pride in all that you've done, which I think is really beautiful. Okay. So your color correspondences for the autumn equinox are obviously your like autumn colors, but we'll just break them down. Uh, your brown, your orange, your violet, maroon, russet. I love the word russet. It's just, oh, it feels so good in the mouth. Um, yellow, scarlet, gold, red, purple, dark green, dark gold, indigo, sapphire, anything in those families, like what the crops look like, what the wheat looks like. <laughs> what if I said wheat, like it was a separate crop. Um, you know, what the sky at sunset, at sunset, at dusk looks like, what the ground's starting to look like. Just anything that you associate with the natural world around you, that's how we can find out what colors are corresponding to the time period that we're in. The best correspondences for this time period, obviously food and drink, <laughs> apples, nuts, dried fruit, squash, pomegranates, grains, bread, seeds, potatoes, carrots, onions, wine, grapes, grapes, beans, ales. I would also say your teas, your um, herbal teas that reflect what crops have been harvested around this time. Like, oh, pumpkin spice latte. Hello. I consider that uh, autumn equinox celebration food. You <laughs> know, I can't have coffee, but this might be the year I just go for it. I know I can't have coffee, but like, can I? What if I had a like, what if I just had a little bit? I'm going to take a Benadryl and we're going to rock this out and see. But yeah, the foods that you think about in the cornucopia, the foods that you think about, um, apple cider, hello, the best drink. I just want to make it clear that like apple cider and apple spice actually is the premier flavor of fall. Um, pumpkin spice is great. I love all things pumpkin. Do not get me wrong. I've bought 17 tiny pumpkins like in the past week. Every time I go to a store, I'm like, oh, I don't have that one yet. But I feel like apple cider is where it, apple cider are you kidding? Why would I ever have a hot cocoa or a, what's, or a coffee? Well, I know I'm being jealous because I can't have coffee. But would I have a hot chocolate or a coffee or a herbal tea when I can have an apple set? Ooh, it's so tart. I can taste it already. <laughs> but yeah, apples uh, are obviously a great thing. And these are all foods that either you can add to your altar or you can have in a mabon feast or dinner, if you're having a dinner party for your coven or your friends or your loved ones, or if you're having a feast for yourself, because there's nothing wrong with making enough food for 10 people and then just, you know, enjoying it. There's also some like fertility and lushness to be found in apples and apple seeds. I mean, obviously don't eat the apple seeds, um, and pomegranates and pomegranate seeds. So if you're looking at something that would be a bit of like a fertility ritual around this time, those would be great ones to work with. And when I'm saying put these on your altar, um, or make offerings of them also, you, don't have to use fresh fruits and vegetables. You can definitely have like representative, you know, paper mache <laughs> because obviously that's stuff that you can, you know, bring back out over time. And so you may spend less money on your altar, or, um, you know, just less waste because the stuff that you're using every time this holiday comes around or this festival comes around, but you can definitely use fresh stuff too, and then take it off to not let it rot or waste. So yeah, any other foods or drinks that I wanted to mention, uh, ales, ciders, like beer, um, apple cider, I already talked about that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much the same rule. You know, what is taken out of the ground at this time, what we harvest at this time, what we eat, uh, that, that is what represents and corresponds to this time. Okay, herbs and plants. We have honeysuckle, marigold, ugh, I love marigold, 
I love it. I, it's the best color ever. Um, aster, tobacco, thistle, wheat, barley, pine, rose, sage, myrrh, fern, milkweed, and passionflower. Uh, same thing again. You can look at anything that falls into the color correspondences as a flower that will fit. And again, like herbs in particular that are being harvested or grown this time of year. Crystals. Same thing with the colors. You have yellow agate, carnelian, amethyst, lapis lazuli, sapphire, yellow topaz, hematite, amber, opal, I would say fire opal in particular, malachite. Oh, any brown crystals, which do not get it. I need to do like a whole list of like just brown crystals because they don't get enough love. The color brown does not get enough love in if anywhere, but in witchcraft, you know, like we don't talk about brown candles. We don't talk about brown crystals. We, it just kind of gets neglected. So I need to do a list where I can specifically name a bunch of, um, brown crystals, but I know that you can definitely find brown kind of fire opals, which are the most gorgeous things ever. And brown candles would be a really great thing. Brown, green, orange, red, yellow candles, but brown and green would be really great because it is very earthy. You know, you very much have that connection to literally like pulling things from the earth to nourish ourselves and to work in conjunction with the earth to be fruitful and to carry out things into the world. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful, wonderful way to connect to earth, to soil, to clay, to all of these things that are so essential that like we literally are sustained off of them. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely brown fire opal. I want to say, I don't know where I'm getting brown tanzanite from because I don't know if that's a correct color for a stone. But yeah, I'm going to look more up so I can name it because this whole list, I don't have any. Okay, we're going to work on that. Uh, but yeah, your yellow stones, your <laughs> yellow stones, uh, your yellow, um, yellow obsidian. Is that? No, yellow tourmaline. Wait. <gasps> I think it's yellow tourmaline. Would also fit, um, any other deep blue stones. So I would stay away from like your blue lace agates and your, uh, angel, angel light and your celestite for now. But yeah, like a deep sapphire, a deep lapis lazuli, um, a deep sodalite. What else? A deep, like kyanite, those deep blues, deep purples. Amethyst. Yeah, I wrote that one down, but I would even look at, um, like your deep or deep <laughs> your deep purple stones. <laughs> More like in the indigo family. But yeah, anything that's yellow, that's orange, that has that certain warmth and vibration to a gold stone would be another good. Tiger's eye would be great. Red tiger's eye. Yeah, those are all crystal correspondences that you can carry on the day, that you can put on your altar, that you can light next to candles, that you can put into moon water that you might make on Monday. Um, yeah, all of it. Those are all good correspondences. I think that's my whole list. And then I threw in candle colors that you can work with. Uh, so yeah, you can make an altar, make a wreath. You can do a ritual bath and put certain herbs and flowers into it. You can, if you don't want to make a full feast and dinner party, you can literally just eat an apple and like think about what you want your fall to look like while you do it. Meditations again, uh, smoke cleansing would be good, especially if you use a bundle that's representative of the time period we're in. So if you wanted to, um, make like a cinnamon tea or if you wanted to burn a little cinnamon, if you wanted to burn lemongrass isn't really right now. Maybe like a rosemary. Uh, rosemary would fit into this time as well. It is, uh, it is very present, especially in like foods that we cook throughout this time period. So it does connect to that autumn energy. You can always do a crystal cleansing. Make sure that you do cleanse your crystals. <laughs> Going back to that selenite that I was being shown earlier, make sure that you're not only 
uh, putting like that energy around yourself, but everything that you may be working with in the coming days as we go through all of these like shifts and changes and transitions. Um, what else? You certainly, I mean, I would, if you can, if it's not going to get you arrested, I would certainly try to find uh, a patch of any kind of like cornfield or um, wheat field or anything that might be local to you, lavender field even, where you could go and just kind of commune with nature. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like a nighttime festival where you're lighting fires and like, please don't get on anyone's property. Like what's the word? Trespass. Please don't. <laughs> don't. No, no, no. But yeah, if you can just go and kind of soak up the energy at dusk, if you can kind of, you know, be there when the sun's going down and vibe out and bring a friend or two. And, you know, if no one can see you because the corn stalk is really high, if you want to dance around a little bit, keep your clothes on. But if you want to dance around a little bit, that would be great. But yeah, something that is really important going into Mabon and going into Samhain and going into Yule is the idea of coming inside and being at home, but also sharing that with other people people, you know, because when we go back to these more ancient ideas of the harvest, it wasn't just about feeding, sustaining ourselves. It was about feeding our communities. And we're all pitching in a little bit. We're all doing a little bit of mutual aid towards each other to make sure we all survive. So I know it's hard with the pandemic. I know it's, I'm still barely seeing people late, barely. And so it, it, especially, I don't know, Delta is so hard and people, you don't know their vaccination status and some people don't feel comfortable asking. I ask, I don't care. I'll ask uh, anyone, anyone. I will ask you. It could be literally Joe Biden. I'd be like, you vaccinated? What's up? Like I told you, president of the United States, queen of England. I don't care who you are. I'm going to ask you if you're vaccinated and make you show me your card. Like I, it's not a risk that is worth it to me. And so it is hard to be around other people and to still know that. I mean, I had COVID. My best friend had COVID. Her boyfriend had COVID. I know about 20 people who have had breakthrough cases of COVID. So it, it's hard to want to still gather with people, especially in these times where it's colder and we almost feel like this instinctual need to want to be around others and find warmth in others, you know, to feel safe doing it. But if you can do it outdoors, that's a great way to do it. And if it is people that you know are vaccinated, you know are practicing safely that, you know, just aren't engaging in anything that could be out of your comfort zone when it comes to this virus and everything then yeah, try to welcome people into your home try to have a potluck, try to just gather around the fire and play the guitar and sing songs or, you know, start your month long journey into watching Hocus Pocus every day, whatever that looks like for you. It's, it's a good reminder too that being a bad witch means that you don't always have to do everything in this very strict ritualized, you know, perform this exactly to the T way, but it could just be something as simple as like, getting under a blanket, feeling the cozy vibes, getting an apple cider, watching your favorite movie and being like, I did a good job. I'm really proud of myself. And now I'm going to sit back and enjoy myself and relax and treat myself in this moment. So you could do these big, wonderful things, you know, big ritualized things, or it could just be, you know, cuddling on the sofa with your pup, with your boo, with your friends, with your mom, whatever it looks like for you. Just embrace it and just celebrate because we're about to enter such a wonderful time. And I do think this full moon in Pisces is going to be wonderful. I think it may kick our butts a little bit, <laughs> I'll be honest. Just with like the endings and stuff, I think it might kick our butts just a little bit. But look at all the beauty and all the relaxation, all the peace that is to come right after. So I hope you enjoyed this 55-minute mini episode, which for me is a mini episode. <laughs> I love you all so much. If you want to join the Facebook group, the answer is the craft. Um, I think that's it. 
All right. Talk to you in October. Love you all. Mwah. Blessed be and goodbye.